this is Tatiana Antonelli and you're listening to the Forward Talks by Goombook, a podcast about moving towards sustainability. First, a quick thanks to our partners at RSpace, the first co-working community to connect humans with nature, designed to bring out the best in us. Find out more at rspace.work. Before founding her current company, our guest today served as head of sustainability for Shalhoub Group for nearly seven years and is now a board member at the United Nations Global Compact UAE, focused on corporate sustainability reporting. Having dedicated her entire career addressing sustainability initiatives, she recently founded Ampers, a social enterprise that is actively working to intersect technology and advisory disciplines. Ampers has a keen focus on the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, or SDGs. Today, our guest is Ayla Bajva. The gap I saw is that it's not supposed to be a once-in-a-year exercise. There needs to be dashboards available to leadership to see that their investments are actually uh, translating into measurable impact. And we in the UAE are at the forefront of digital transformation. So if we are looking to create digital transformation for everything that related to supply chain and finances and things like that, why are we not doing it for impact? Like it is exactly, it's it's something that costs money. It's something that's a priority. And so it should also be run in the same professional manner. So when you talk about impact, where does impact come from? Is it only through sustainability strategies and CSR? Or or some companies somehow have data and don't realize that that, that data has an impact? Typically on an operational level, we'll say it's so, your social and environmental and governance performance, like often also called ESG, if you look at it operationally. But when you really deep dive into it, it's sort of reflecting on what we call theory of change. So it's, I've put in $5 into a school. um, And so five students have come out of that. And that's output. But what is your impact? Your impact is how has the larger community benefited? How have your stakeholders benefited? How has it affected the broader society in a sense? Um, How has the broader society benefited from it? So there's a whole bunch of indicators that get lost when you don't, when you see things from an output lens versus an impact lens. And once, and that too is something we hope that we can create knowledge around and education around um, through our different solutions under AMPAs. Can you use a specific example of a company who was not able to track this impact or at least measure this impact and how using AMPAs they were able to do it? We have um, a bank actually that requested, so our solution can help you look at many different components, right? Like your people, your environment, your governance, your community give back, everything, right? And then we have like modules that will look at specific elements. So we um, did not have a gender module before and this financial um, entity requested that, you know what, we want to use the solution just to look at our like gender equality, you know, that we have signed up for something called the Women Empowerment Principles, which is a UN platform that looks to create gender balance in the workplace. And so we want to specifically use this tool to ensure that we're on track to achieving 
our um, commitments to this international framework. So we actually customized it, created a gender module, which has now actually gained quite a bit of popularity within the community. Again, we have a group of companies that want to use the platform. So they've all come together. They are all agreeing on a certain collection of indicators um, based on a thematic issue, um, in this case, gender equality. And they will all be following, they will all be um, following these indicators so that at the end of the year, you come back and you share this thought piece and we will create this report for them and say, this group of companies have excelled um, have these areas of strength and have these areas of weakness when it comes to this specific issue area based on these real-time dashboards. So it's like stakeholder engagement through digitalization. This is really interesting, also related to what was announced a couple of years ago by the government asking all companies in the UA to comply to CSR. And somehow CSR so far has been done by every company in their very own manner uh, and interpretation. So what the government is asking is to do it all at the same level, reporting on it. But what's missing definitely is the, the measuring of the impact of all these activities. And this could be really interesting as in terms of comparison also um, in the future. That's, that's what excites us, right? What excites us is to get a bunch of stakeholders agree on the same data points and say, well, you know, this group of stakeholders or this, this group of community members are at this place in that journey, whether it be for all of the sustainable development goals um, or be it like for a specific issue area. Um, and, and so we want to see more of this. And we are very open and having those conversations with government entities saying, well, if you want to digitalize um, and, and understand how companies that are responsible, where they are in this process, um, and, and, and not to compare apples with oranges, like compare apples with apples in terms of data points. So we also have that information to share with the international community. The UAE is one out of um, 169 countries that have signed um, the Sustainable Development Goals, and they release an annual report that is submitted to the United Nations General Assembly. And so what an opportunity to then get as much data as we can from all the stakeholders within the UAE and share that and become a part of that report and say, you know, it's not just the government who's doing wonderful work, but it's also the community sector. It's also the private sector. It's, it's systemic and it's happening everywhere. We've talked about the Sustainability Development Goals or SDGs on previous episodes. For those who don't know, the SDGs are 17 goals laid out by UN member states towards a better planet in sync with protecting the environment and its people. These goals are meant to be met by 2030. The problem, of course, is operationalizing these goals. This is a challenge we face at Gumbuk almost every day. People aren't often aware of the SDGs at all, let alone figuring out how this should be implemented and, importantly, who should implement them. 
if you actually Google the sustainable development goals, what is interesting is you will see that it speaks to countries. Yet it calls the private sector and the larger society to action. So there's a big question mark around um, the corporate sector and society. It's like, okay, well, you're speaking to countries in your language, but what do we do? I would definitely say the United Nations Global Compact is a really good platform for corporates to understand what they can do around the sustainable development goals. And I would even say that for the community or not-for-profit sector, it is a great place to sort of find alignment between what are you doing against the 17 goals. So that's like a great first step. And then to look at, so there's these 17 goals that everyone talks about, but then people... Um, sort of don't realize that there's also 169 targets and thousands of indicators. And so to really, that what I would encourage anyone interested in getting involved is deep diving into that space. You know, it's very possible you're doing like a lot in terms of those specific indicators. And then in some cases, you're doing a lot in that issue area, but that but the indicators are quite different from what you're doing in that issue area. Yes, there's many organizations who must be asking, like, what are the SDGs? But if they actually, if you show them the 17 boxes, they were like, oh, we saw that somewhere, or that looks familiar. So they did a really good job of, like, communicating about it. But then where we are at risk right now is understanding the progress. So it's like, oh, we've done, you know, we're so far ahead or behind to achieve the 2030 agenda. But it's like, do we know? Because do we have the data? Like we, today, we have such a problem even in terms of birth certificates. Like girls are born, but they're not counted, you know? And so how do we even know how we're progressing on the SDGs if our statistics globally aren't clear? And then goes back to like that data question, like, we are doing a lot, but are they in the right spaces? Are they in sync? And are they creating progress towards the SDGs? Essentially, that's what we're also trying to do through Emphasis, help operationalize the SDGs. So we actually also have something called an SDG tracker. And again, we see that as an opportunity for organizations to collectively jump onto that tool so we can see in as a larger picture how are organizations progressing on the SDGs within the UAE or the region? This is fantastic. So as a government, I could come to you. And even if the information is anonymous, you could tell me how many corporates or private sector companies are actually doing. Uh, what are the goals that they are trying to achieve? A few months ago, there was a study from KPMG uh, releasing information about which were the goals have been prioritized and others left behind. Of course, everybody goes for the climate change goal or life on land, and and somehow the life below water is completely left yeah. aside. Um, so it, it would be really interesting to see the results of 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 AMPUS. Yeah, I mean, we'd be happy to do that as long as we make sure that we have a fair data pool, like to make sure we have at least the majority of organizations that align themselves to the SDGs actually inputting into the solution. So to, again, really stay true to that accuracy. Um, from, from what we've seen is it's also very country specific. So priorities are also based on like, where are your weak spots, right? So in the UAE, climate change is definitely at the top in terms of priority. 
um, whereby perhaps in another country, economic equality becomes like something on top. Having said that, I always personally shy away from using the word priority when it comes to the SDGs because they are so integrated and so many of, once again, the targets are cross-cutting that it's hard to say, oh, but that's a priority. Global goal five, which is gender equality, is its own global goal. But every global goal has an element of gender. So to look at all the SDGs through a gender lens. So again, I personally shy away from like saying that's a priority or not, but I also understand on a global level or even a country level to say, well, you know what, we're really far behind on this one. So we need to focus our energy. So is life, so the question is, is life underwater? Is it truly ignored or is just that the other element life overwhelmed just really bad right now or really a priority and I, I and that's not me uh, speaking to it because I'm not an expert in that space but it, it's it's just about questioning why something is a priority versus oh this is pulled to the wayside so for example from a UN perspective um, the Secretary General has definitely highlighted um, human rights being like a major issue, the refugee crisis being a major issue, so that peace aspect. Um, so human rights really being at like the top of our quote-unquote priorities, like business and human rights. And, and then, yes, climate change. Imagine I'm a business new in the sustainability world. How do I start? Or how a global compact helps companies to achieve their objectives? Who within the company structure needs to be involved in the sustainability strategy, leadership? What responsible business means in the MENA region? So in the MENA, I mean, responsible business should mean the same thing everywhere in the world, um, which is essentially making sure that you're taking care of your people, your community, and your environment, and that you're um, in a transparent way. Um, and and that's, again, what we try to propel in all of the work that we do. Um, some people call it the triple bottom line, like people, planet, profit. But it's also really making sure it's integrated in every business function, um, that everyone needs to be involved. Um, what we actually see a lot of in the MENA region is that leadership is the leadership buy-in is actually there, especially because we're a family business heavy sort of um, environment. And so they have a commitment to the long-term prosperity of where they are um, living and operating. But it's often where we see the pushback is like the GM level and the senior management level. And to their defense, it's because their performance isn't rated on that, right? So as a CEO, your performance is re rated on the survival of your company. And if you are a visionary leader, then you will know that the better your economy is doing, the better your environment is doing, the more business opportunities there are, right? Like, so if you are empowering people in your community, they tomorrow will be potential customers. And so CEOs see that, right? Leadership sees that. But then the senior management is assessed on their quarterly commercials. And why would then they be incentivized to give 
us, uh, you know, crazy people trying to push like these sustainability objectives, why would they support it if it doesn't reflect on their performance unless they have that value system, which a lot of them do, but um, we're all people, right? And we're all under a lot of pressure. And even if you have a certain value system, you also have mouths to feed at home and you also have promotions that you want to achieve. And that's just the way it is. So it would be great to see more of an alignment between like top level leadership and then senior management. Um, So cascading that long-term lens sort of across the organization and not leaving it from a leadership perspective. And of course, like moving away, I mean, this goes without saying the greenwashing and the speeches and the commitments and the MOUs that actually don't end up doing anything. Um, You know, there's so many MOU signings and partnerships, but it's like, okay, but what was activated under that? Um, And again, I'll always go back to, and how was it measured? And was it measured properly? Like you see a lot of sustainability reports and you're, not really sure if they're measured like we see it like if someone leaves an organization they were measuring certain elements and initiatives in a certain way and then another individual takes it over and they're measuring it in a different way because they're not using one system not overtly unethically but like they will manipulate numbers the measuring process so that it there doesn't come across any drop in like performance and if anything it should reflect like so if you don't have a system like the way you measure can look different and then your performance can look different and that's what's really frustrating sometimes um within not just sustainability but generally if you could forward this interview who would you like to hear it Leadership, of course, corporates that are already doing the good work, but maybe not measuring the good work that they, to the level that they should be measuring it. Um, Organizations that have looked at the SDGs, but are not fully aware of how to operationalize them. Thanks so much, Ayla, for joining us on this episode. And as always, thank you for listening. Do forward this episode to at least one person who you think would like it. See you next week.